she tells her mom, if anything ever happens, just know I'm doing what I want to do. I'm doing what I was meant to do. The mentality that our servicemen and women have, and they're just so amazingly special. I'm just absolutely thrilled to be able to honor, respect, and remember the individuals that we maintain their stories of here at the museum. Welcome back to another episode of Total Michigan. I'm your host, Cliff Duvenois. Our flag does not fly because the wind moves it. It flies with the last breath of each soldier who died protecting it. Today, we are talking about Memorial Day. And this day actually holds very special meaning for me, not only because of the various members of my family who have served but for so many families throughout Michigan that have had loved ones that have served and have paid the ultimate price. So for this episode today, there was only one place that came to mind with regards to honoring the not only the memory, but the stories of the brave men and women of Michigan who sacrificed so much for you and for me and for this great country. Please welcome to the show the Executive Director of Michigan Heroes Museum, located in Frankenmuth. That would be John Ryder. John, how are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful, Cliff. Thank you for asking. (laughs) I think you stole my line there. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up. So I grew up in Hemlock, and as the people in Frankenmuth would call me, I'm a west sider, west side of Saginaw County. But I grew up over there, and at the time... Frankenmuth took everything, right? In every division, it seemed like Frankenmuth was just everything in the place where everybody wanted to be. And I kind of resented Frankenmuth a little bit at Uh the time because, you know, we had an amazing German community over there in, in the west side of the county and everything. But I'll tell you what, since working in Frankenmuth, these people are just absolutely amazing. Indeed. The city of Frankenmuth is the most giving, amazing community around. It really, truly is. But when it comes to doing the right thing and stopping and thinking about others and trying to do everything with purpose. This city just does everything right. So I had my hats off to them, but I don't think the museum could exist anywhere else. Speaking of which, how did you get involved with the museum in the first place? So I got involved with the museum because I was a a cub master at the time. One of my den leaders was on the board here. And he asked me if I was, would ever entertain working for someplace like the museum. And at the time, I wasn't familiar with the museum. I didn't know I was familiar with the museum. I didn't realize the museum was the same one that I went to down in the basement of the old school. Oh, here in town, right? So the museum was that old, and I didn't even put the two together until I came through and saw some of the collections. And... I saw the face of the man who started it, Stan Bozik. And when I saw that, I went, oh, yeah, I know this place, right? And I got really excited. And I'm like, I want this job. And I had, you know, that was nine years ago. And I'm just absolutely thrilled to be able to honor, respect, and remember the individuals that we maintain their stories of here at the museum. When did the museum first open its doors? So 1970, okay, so November 1976, the museum was started. 
but it moved into the schoolhouse square mall there in the 80s and to be honest with you that date doesn't come to me nearly as quickly as some of the dates of the stories that we so what i would like to do is i would like to take an opportunity to explore some of the people that are a part of the museum now just to do a real quick summary what is on display here if somebody were to come here they've never been to the heroes museum before describe to us what that looks like so i tell people we tell the stories of michigan service men and women and then if they ask for more descriptions i'll mentally walk them through the museum we've got stories by era right so spanish american war civil war world war one world war two the korean war the vietnam war Operation Desert Storm, and then the the War on Terror, both in Iraq and Afghanistan. And then we tell the stories in three special galleries. We tell the stories of our astronauts and space pioneers. And then we tell stories of the cross recipients. The cross gallery, those stories are individuals who received either the Distinguished Service Cross Those would be out of the Army, so those would be soldiers, Marines, or sailors who received the Navy Cross, or airmen that received the Air Force Cross. Those stories are second to none. They are absolutely amazing. They are, for all intents and purposes, on this they're so similar. I defy anybody to to come in here, read one of our Cross stories, and be able to tell me how it differs from a Medal of Honor story, right? right. There, it's a, it, the difference is that the Medal of Honor story was vetted by, by congressional staffers and the Pentagon and things like that. That's the difference. Uh, but the stories are absolutely on the same level. And then the Medal of Honor gallery as well. And then as far as displays go... Yeah, so for displays, we do distinguish the displays a little bit separately by using the frames around the photos, which you discovered today, right? Yes. If you see a silver frame around the large photo in the display of the individual, that silver frame just denotes that they survived their conflict and they made it home. They may not still be with us, you know, the World War II guys, World War One, things like that, many of those... World War II guys are gone now, but they did come home, right? If you see a gold frame around it, those are gold star individuals. They did not make it home. They they were they sacrificed their life in service to our country. And then in the space gallery, all those individuals have a black frame around them. Today, in looking at Memorial Day, we're going to talk about some of those gold frame stories that we have Please. at the museum. I would okay. enjoy that. So one of the first ones I'd like to talk about was Specialist Holly Magoo. Holly, by all accounts, was an absolutely fascinating, amazing young lady. She's five foot tall, red hair. She was born with a sight problem. She had, a, they call it, what, a lazy eye, right? Okay. And she had a horrible time reading right and she didn't enjoy school because of it but she loved it the JROTC program the junior reserve officer training at the school she went to in Taylor Michigan and she really took to that she was super personable she loved the order she loved the leadership aspects of it and she really took off in that 
And her mom made her a deal, said, you know what? If you graduate with scores high enough to get in the Army, we'll get you surgery. We'll get you, I'll sign a delayed entry, and we'll get you in. And it took her a couple times, but she ended up getting in to the military. And she became a mechanic with the with the troops over there. They, she was working on Humvees and such and leave to crit to go to Kirkuk to get parts, right? So they form up a convoy, and the Humvee she was in was the engineers and such. They had fastened or fashioned a uh, grenade launcher on a makeshift mount in the back of the Humvee, and she was manning that grenade launcher at the time when that Humvee in the middle of that column came over the... IED that was planted in the road, the the enemy detonated that charge. And uh, Holly, her mom, was really, really devastated by that. And she says, the only reason that I'm able to uh, reconcile my grief is Holly sent back an email about 10 days prior to losing her life because one of her friends had just lost her life in the unit and her mom hears about that at home and she's trying to figure out what's happened with holly right so she's calling her command she's writing emailing them and everything and they're not gonna let anybody respond to any of those things from home until they inform the family themselves right command wants to make sure that they do it right Right. And when Holly gets permission to, she finally responds to her mom and says, hey, I'm okay. It's one of her best friends, right? And she says, mom, if something like that ever does happen to me, just know that I'm doing what I love. I'm here surrounded by people that are making a difference. She says, the people over here also don't believe what you hear on the news. The women bring us fresh fresh baked bread. The kids all run up to me and hug me. She says, "It's it, we aren't hated over here. In fact, she went on to, to describe to her mom a time where they were, they, they had located a bomb manufacturing facility in this building. And it, it was an apartment building in one of the apartments. And they evacuated everybody there were a couple blocks down the road while the EOD special, the explosive ordnance demolition guys are going through and clearing that building. And uh, she's out in the center of the road teaching the kids how to play duck, duck, goose. <laughs> and she said, by the time we're done, the kids call it duck, duck, Alibaba. And her mom, she tells her mom, if anything ever happens, just know I'm doing what I want to do. I'm doing what I was meant to do. And, uh, the mentality that our service men and women have, and they're just so amazingly special. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, I, it's just it's it's a story that just it hits you right in the face. And her life was taken, and too early, absolutely. But she was doing something that mattered to her. She wouldn't have been one to say I my life was wasted or anything like that. She really believed in why she was there and what she did. Now, a question I got for you is when Holly was killed in the line of duty, how did her family make the decision to have a display here at the museum? Her grandfather was familiar with the museum, and Stan Bozik was talking to the grandfather after he had come to the museum, and 
he also kept on contacting Holly's mother. Finally, she said, you know what? This didn't happen for nothing. I want everybody to know Holly and remember Holly. And we do our best to make sure that people do remember her. We want everybody to remember these stories. It's the reason why we're working on getting all of our stories online right now where everybody can access them. It's just really important that these stories get out there in the collective consciousness so that people can help us honor and respect and remember them. Certainly. And we have a few more stories that are coming up for our audience. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll hear some of these stories. See you after the break. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan. I'm your host, Cliff Duvinois. Today, we're talking with John Ryder, the executive director of the Michigan Heroes Museum, just outside of Frankenmuth. Now, John, before the break, we were talking a little bit about our first hero today that we're honoring. Yeah, Specialist Holly Magoo. Yes. Uh, I would really like to hear another story. Sure. The gentleman I'm thinking of is from Brown City, Michigan, and he's, it's a Vietnam story. This particular gentleman, his name is Dwayne T. Williams, 18 years old. He's a Marine. He graduates high school in Capac, Michigan, and uh, on December 18th, 1967, he enlists with the United States Marine Corps Reserves, and then he ends up getting discharged in January so that he can enlist with the regular Marines. He decided, you know what, I want the full deal. But he ends up, uh, he completes recruit training, a, a boot camp, and he ends up over in in Vietnam on June 1st, 1968. He's promoted to private first class. Uh, when he arrives in the Republic of Vietnam later that month, he's assigned duty as an automatic rifleman. He is assigned to an anti-tank assault company. As he's out on patrol one day, they come to the end of their patrol, they turn around, and generally these guys would not know what route they're taking back. The, somebody would, but if somebody loses a piece of paper or whatever, that, that'd be bad. And generally, you know, one of the ways that the guys in camp know that it's the right guys is you pop poke before you come back in on whatever trail it is that you select to come back in at, and they know what color smoke they're looking for, right? And so if you pop smoke, there's a bunch of other enemies generally around near other trails they're gonna pop smoke also and make it look like they're the guys right but it didn't happen constantly but that was the reason why these guys would take out several canisters of smoke other than the ones that they were going to use that day so if they if it got captured or whatever the enemy couldn't just come back and oh let your guard down open the gates and we're gonna come storming in they pick um trail to come in on and the enemy happened to set up an ambush on that trail they just they got lucky and unfortunately for these marines caught the marines by surprise and Dwayne got shot in the spinal column and he drops he's paralyzed from the chest down and he can't move his legs at all but he uses upper body strength and he pulls himself on his arms into a position where he can return fire on the enemy 
and his buddies say they're sitting there returning fire on the enemies and during the firefight and i don't recall how long into the firefight but at some point a grenade comes sailing across the trail and lands between him and his buddies Dwayne, he just he uses upper body strength and rolls over and pulls that grenade up underneath him that was a september day and on that day it happened to be his 19th birthday Dwayne lost his life his brother and sister quite often are in here and either on that day or near that day and they're so happy that their mom donated his things to the museum knowing that his story will always be remembered here and we're always going to honor respect and remember Dwayne, his actions a lot of individuals when you talk about why people serve, right? Some people serve because they, a community or family or a billion other things, right? But when it comes down to it, these guys and girls that are in service, they're there for their buddies. And that was the only thing probably on Dwayne's mind at that moment. Sure, he could have probably rolled the other way and taken minimal effect from that, but he saved his brothers in arms and there's no bigger gift that could ever be given than that i find myself in a position where i don't know what to say yeah and you know what that's probably the the right reaction right i would be surprised if you had any other reaction than that right i was just thinking about the it's almost because in that situation there you're under a firefight adrenaline is pumping you realize my legs aren't working anymore. And then here comes a a grenade and it's not something that you sit and think about. Right. Yeah. You don't have the time. He just reacted to that grenade being there and he paid the ultimate sacrifice. Like you said, to save his brother in arms. Yeah. That's a testament to character right there. Exactly. I'd like to try to get in here at least one more. But this one is a specialist, uh, Michael May from Vassar, Michigan. Michael is, uh, was, again, in, served during Vietnam. And uh, he was, Sergeant May was 5th Special Forces Group. So he was uh, part of a MACV SOG unit, Special Operations Forces that were embedded with South Vietnamese forces. Then they served as advisors, pretty much. They're they were helicoptering in to uh, a site deep in Cambodia, and he lost his life on March second of nineteen sixty nine as the the helicopters dropped off the South Vietnamese and the Green Berets. There, they take they take off to head back to base, and as the story from his buddies, it's well documented, as the helicopters are just fading and you can hardly hear them anymore, according to one of the guys there, uh, multiple guys there, but you just heard the the safeties click off almost in unison of about a thousand rifles, right? That's hundreds of rifles. Then these guys are in the middle of one of the largest firefights that any of them had experienced over there and three men michael being one of them remained in the center of that landing zone that lz 
while the other guys exfiltrated, made it out to one of the sides. They called the helicopters back. The helicopters came back, expended all their ammunition, and had to go back for more. But according to the guys in the helicopters, they saw those three guys that were in the middle of that clearing all get shot, and they they had no way to retrieve them at that point in time. And when they went back, the bodies were gone. It's, it's just an absolutely devastating for the family. The sister, Michael's sister, rem- remembers Michael as a, as a, as a brother, as an annoying brother, right? And her husband met up with Michael over there in Vietnam, and he tells stories about that. And Cindy, his sister, would tell stories about how her mom wasn't able to ever believe that he died. And just needs to keep that glimmer of hope because there was never a body produced, right? right? And these individuals and these families... We just owe it to them to always remember their sacrifice, whether they were for the action that they were in or whether they would have ever made the decisions themselves as a politician to to send anybody into harm's way. It didn't matter. These guys were there and girls were, were there when stuff hit the fan and they paid with their lives. These individuals are, were and are ready and available on a moment's notice. So many of these individuals, you know, to lay down their life for, for, for you and for me and for their buddies. It's just a fantastic love that most people never know. So you've shared with us some really compelling stories. And judging by the amount of displays that you have here, we could probably spend the next few weeks listening to these stories. My question to you then is a little bit more general, but overall share with us, what is your vision for the Heroes Museum? So I think that we just want people to understand what has been asked of our warriors, right? We're not saying agree with the politics behind the reason why they're there. We don't even talk politics here, right? We've got supporters from both sides of the aisles. In fact, if I listed them, you wouldn't believe me. They're an absolutely amazing group of people that support what we do. But we're not a political organization. We don't take a stance on whether why they were there is the right thing or not. We want to let people know that these people were there for you. I just want people to know that the, the museum exists to give voice to those individuals and, you know, maybe on a little lighter side and on another day we can talk about some of the individuals that came in here throughout their lives or still come in here today that served and that we still talk about. But today I think the right thing is to talk about those who we just only I never had the opportunity to meet them. I, I know their family. I know their their stories. But unfortunately, I'll never have the opportunity to meet these individuals. John, if somebody's listening to this and they want to check out more about the museum, or even better, they decide that I'd like to make the trek over there and to honor the memories. 
What would be the best way for them to do that? So the best way is we've got a, a website at www.miheroes.org. O-R-G. And on there, we've got a little section on planning a visit to the museum. And we're going to be adding to that. But on there, you can read trip advisor reviews of what people have said about the museum. You can find out our address in right here in Frankenmuth. And there's a mapping and all kinds of stuff. But we want, we just want people to know that we are here to serve not only our veterans, but as a liaison to from our veterans to the community at large people i don't care whether you ever served or not or anybody in your family has any service we're here to maybe help you understand the commitment that those people have to you even though you may never have met them Certainly. And for our audience, we'll have the links that John had talked about in the show notes down below, or you can go to totalmichigan.com and click on John's interview and find the links there. John, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure.